What up? This is Tall Ken, and you're listening to a Step Off Radio production. What's good? This is your host, Rod Camacho, welcoming y'all to another episode of Step Off Radio. We are here with our sixth episode and our second one of 2019. We got a great show lined up for y'all today, filled with insight, knowledge, and even some brand new music. So make sure you stick around for the end. So with that said, let's get into it. In the burgeoning underground hip-hop scene of San Diego, perhaps no voice is as unique and drive as dedicated as that of Jesse Cannon better known professionally by a stage name of Tallcan. Life at its cure, life at its core Keeps me severely enlightened and crosshairs torn I can't aim straight anymore Bugs bouncing off the shots Perceptions rock, reshape I lost Try frequencies, try disease Try not to litter your soul on the floor as you please Keep your sacred tomb in order All of the fleas will pull your casket to the next life Abide by three Key wicked trees at different speeds Stand with the spirits at all time Forget the scene, scribble your mind, frame out Be sure the trip is clean before you Douse yourself in the cleansing flame serene Capture the moment in a fractal Nothing lasts forever like tall tales and pterodactyls For the past several years, Tallcan has been producing his own unique brand of hip-hop Having collaborated with producers from all over the world And releasing dozens of projects, albums, and EPs Tallcan has amassed a unique catalog of music Quite unlike anything produced by his musical contemporaries here in San Diego And the greater art scene of the border region In our interview today we had the opportunity to discuss not only the details of his early life, but the origins of Tall Can's career and initial entry in the first making music as well. Likewise, we also took the time to discuss his work in the local anti-fascist movement and his police oversight work here in San Diego, and delve into how community defense plays in the larger picture of building revolution, protecting our communities from right-wing extremists, agents of the state, and other provocateurs who wish to harm marginalized and vulnerable communities. With that said, without further ado, Internets, Step Off Radio is proud to present our interview with the one and only Tall Can. All right, Internets, welcome to another episode of Step Off Radio. Uh, we got a great guest for you guys on the show today. Uh, welcome to the show, brother. Uh, thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. Uh, for our listeners out there who may not be familiar with your work, please introduce yourself and let them know who you are, what you do. Tell the world, who is Tall Ken? Yo, what's up, yo? My name is uh, uh, <laughs> Tall Ken. <laughs> um, I'm an independent artist from San Diego. Uh like to spend time writing raps and uh, taking pictures, smoking weed, um, Slowly moving my music into uh, new sounds, collaborating with uh, a bunch of different uh, talented homies, uh, very different genres uh, outside of just standard like rap. Um, yeah, that's about it. No doubt, man. Yo, so let's jump right into it. Um, how did you first get into making music? Um, shit, I've been rapping since I was like 13. Um, started with just like writing poems and then, I, you know... Uh, 
started uh, listening to more and more music that was outside of, uh, you know, like, um, I guess the, the outside TV, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Shit that wasn't on MTV, BET, you know, stuff like that. Um, I wrote my first serious song when uh, my best friend died in 2009. Uh, a lot of homies told me it was dope. I think it was over the beat, uh, the Nas song, Just a Moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like a memorial for him. Uh, all the homies thought it was dope and told me to stick with it. So I kind of just like rolled with that. Um, a lot of inspiration from uh, just the street shit, basically. A lot of the uh, underground rap that... Uh, doesn't make it to the uh, to the television airwaves and such. Right. Yeah, doesn't get produced by the Lucian Granges yeah, of the world. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Who who were the, your musical influences growing um, up? Like who inspired you to? Uh, I like listening to Ice Cube, Dead Prez, Westside Connection, Cypress Hill, Tupac. Can you tell I'm reading off a list right now? <laughs> <laughs> cast, uh, I didn't want to forget people. You know what I mean? And local cats oh, yeah. as well, like Issa Uno, CB3, Mitchie Slick. Mm. Folks from up north, X-rated, Brother Lynch, Hung, Sibo, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony played a big part too um, in high school. All that good stuff. There we go. Well, you kind of brought up some some local people, and that kind of brings me to my next question, my question, uh, which is like, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, growing up here in San Diego, like. You know, there's a big-ass area, right, the region. Like, there's the city, and there's all these different little, like, subsections of this county and shit. So paint this picture of, like, where you grew up and what it was like growing up here in this region and uh, how that kind of, like, would shape the sound of your music uh, as well as the content of your music. Right on. Yeah, I grew up in Encanto for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, Bounced back and forth between there and um, Logan, North Park my whole life. Um... Uh, I feel like a lot of the time I uh, spent running around doing dumb shit as a teenager, molding my sound, um, <laughs> getting into um, certain uh, <laughs> aspects of life that I probably had no business in doing, but learning from, you know what I mean, every yeah. every situation that I go through. Um, I feel like just a lot of being a burnout shaped my... Uh, Shape my sound, hanging out, <laughs> hanging out like in uh, in canyons with the homies and freestyling all night, and or in my garage and just bumping like um, my homies would come over and they'd just be totally drunk and just listening to like like corridos and all that music <laughs> from TJ. Yeah. So we'd just be up all night, just letting music like take control and like you know what I mean whatever it was, it could mm-hmm. be rap or it could be some shit I don't even understand, like you know what I mean, but make you feel good, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of what molded the sound. Uh, Kind of just uh, the canyons that me and the homies would hang out in and just the missions that we, you know, walk from, like, fucking City Heights to Encanto and, you know, like, just oh, yeah. mob all over town. Oh, yeah. Anyone who's familiar with this, this region <laughs> knows what like what, what, it is, what it means to go on a mission and have to, like, go from one part to the other part. Oh, yeah. That's it. Like, it's rough. Yeah. Shape, I think what really shaped my sound is just um, getting lost and then finding myself uh, continuously over and over again. Up until a point where you got to kind of just hit, you know what I mean, the bottom and be like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, see what you're made of. And just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yep, bouncing right back. Uh, the art of bouncing back, I guess you could say. There we go. There we go. So you occupy a pretty unique space in hip hop. Uh, how would you best describe your own music? Um, that's a hard one because it's it's hard for me to actually listen to my stuff. Actually, once I put it out, I'm a hor- like I'm like my horrible I'm a horrible critic. Yeah, like, your own worst critic. critic. I like I like I want to just re-record everything once I do it. I've put out a bunch of music and I don't listen to any of it. Um, and it's just like uh, I, I like to call it dusty hip hop. 
pretty much. It's something that me and the homies came up with a term, you know, just to like, uh, like uh, it's so underground that like no one's really touching it or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. Paying it attention. Uh, I like to come from a space of not only consciousness, people say conscious rap or whatever, like um, I've heard that term used a lot, but I, I feel like a lot of it's also unconscious, you know what I mean? Or um, it, it's uh, It could be, you know what I mean, elevated consciousness or it could be completely unconscious to just speaking from like a um, spiritual standpoint, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like almost asleep, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know, I like to call it meditation music uh, sometimes. Uh, but other times it's uh, just therapeutical release, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be performing at this year's annual 49th Chicano Park Day celebration. Uh, how does it feel to have such a large platform and perform in an iconic and historically significant place like Chicano Park? Nervous as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. That's real. Uh, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous as hell. Uh, it's it's going to be a wonderful day. The whole... Um, essence of that day is the the park is going to be honoring the danzantes so the energy is already going to be extremely just like high and elevated and um as it always is at that park i'm very nervous uh <laughs> i know exactly what i'm going to do i'm going to do a bunch of new stuff more um you know politically based poetry that's just over beats that my homies gave me mm-hmm. and um I want to just uh, really make a point to make sure every word I say is heard when I'm there. Even though you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a festival type of event, so people yeah. will be walking around, maybe not necessarily paying attention to the performers or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. how it is in in, in um, large venues like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. There's so yeah, many people it, there. It's a it's like a revolving door of ears. You know what I mean? And um, I, f- I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be off the chain, man. It's gonna be wild. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah yeah. New stuff, or uh, is it going to be all new material? Or uh, I'm going to try to do a lot of new stuff and start out with the new stuff and then maybe go into the old stuff. Um, hopefully we could uh, get some uh, uh, stuff going and get uh, my homie DJing for me that day, hopefully. And uh, right. if not, if not, we could, you know what I mean, I'll just do it uh, one mic style, you know what I mean? No doubt. But it's going to be an amazing day. The, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's an honor to even be on the on the lineup. The other bands that are playing are like way out of this world. Like I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 an honor for sure. I'm oh yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's and it's it's kind of plays into like this next question that we're going to be talking about, which is kind of something we brought up in previous episodes. But what happened uh, last year in Chicago Park, where for Chicago Park Day which happens every year. Right. Um, so you know, for those who know, for those who don't know, uh, last year there was something called Patriot Picnic 2.0 that happened. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right? Uh, just full disclosure. Fuck Roger Ogden. Ogden, if you're listening, fuck you, Roger. Um, but that being said, so, you know, a bunch of right-wing extremists and, um, you know, just your usual brand of, uh, like, loser fascists showed up and, uh, you know, a few community members, um, including myself uh, and some other people, uh, including you, the Brown Berets, the Union del Barrio, uh, the PSL, the Party for Socialism and Liberation, and just a bunch of really, really concerned, cool community uh, individuals came together uh, to defend the park uh, from these, like, you know, shitty fash. Uh, how do you feel about, like, you know, community uh, defense and how it plays into the larger picture of, uh, of building a revolutionary movement? And uh, do you think that the model that we did in Chicano Park, that, that, that kind of model... Um, of mass community involvement, bringing out the community to like stand up against these like, you know, I'm just gonna throw it out there, these like modern day colonizers, right? Right. <clears throat> Do you think that's something that we should kind of try to seek to repeat moving forward? Like whenever like these like shitty ass fascists try to dig their heads out of whatever holes they're in, 
Uh, do you think like Chico- the things that we did in Chicago Park are a good model for that? I think it was a learning experience. That yep. whole day was a learning experience. That park um, has been under attack from white nationalists ever since its founding. Back in the 70s, the Minutemen would go there. Uh, in the 80s, the Minutemen would go there. In the 90s, the Minutemen would go there. Um, to the alt-right or the neo-Nazis, they're all the same cowardly fools. Like, yeah. Men and men, I mean, you know what I mean? I'm, what I mean is like from the Nazis to the alt-right, you know what I mean, to these men and men, they're all cowards. Yeah. All of them. They've all got ran out every time they've came to the park. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Their missions have always been flunked or just totally wrecked by the community, you know what I mean? And um, I think community defense, uh, real community defense comes from building in the streets and uh, that's what that day, I think, taught a lot of people. Because now I see a lot of people that are just, you know, um, that are at the park more often, you know what I mean? And actually, like, taking uh, uh, the um, the threat serious. Because the threat never went away. You know, February 3rd's over. But the eyes are always going to be on that park. Because they deem it un-American. They deem it, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, it's not conforming to their white, Christian, Anglo ways of living, you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. they want to get rid of it. You know what I mean? And, um, like, these uh, these these folks like Roger and fucking all these motherfuckers, <laughs> they... they uh, Turtle man. They come... <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. They're like lizards. They're like... Yeah. They come out from their little rock, under their rock, whenever it's politics season or it's time to fucking, you know what I mean, to get in front of a camera and yeah. whine and complain about how he's the victim. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, that fool's been, uh, 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 you know what I mean, uh, he was part of the Minutemen. They kicked him out because he was too racist. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when that type of shit happens, and that you know, I mean, you see that these fools are just a fucking joke. They don't know what yeah. they stand for. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I mean, the meetings that 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 happened on that, uh, you know, what I mean, that led up to February third showed that real power comes from listening to the folks that have been doing it for a long time. You know what I mean? Like the Brown Berets. You know what I mean? Like uh, like the PSL. Like everyone that was there that held it down, you know what I mean? Um, and it's just, it's kind of like what happened in Stone Mountain recently. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The diversity of tactics and people just directly affected by what happened, you know what I mean? Because that day, February 3rd, it was it was political orgs, it was people from the street, it was oh, yeah. even, you know what I mean? Just everybody was there to, to hold down the park. I feel like that day was a, a learning experience and I think it, it was a, it showed that people can really come together, you know what I mean? And, and and deflate this traveling circus that was there, you know what I mean, on oh, February 3rd. Because yeah. oh, when, yeah. when they came there the first time, it was like, you know, the local trash, yeah, Nazis. The fucking Yeah, fucking wyricks and shit yeah. like that. And, and these people are like, these people are, are just, they're just, they're fucking clowns, you know what oh, I yeah. mean? And um, the people that came in February were even bigger clowns. You know, we had Joey Gibson, we had a whole, <laughs> bunch, of, yeah. whole bunch of people that, that, had, yeah, that had no fucking place or being there, yeah. even like you know what I mean. It was just a, it was a complete circus. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I feel like what happened that day was a was a it was a it was a learning experience, and it was a good um, it was a good um, it was I think it was good how people came together. Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of people that had different ideas of how it should go, and shit still you know what I mean went. No one got hurt. Oh, yeah. No one yeah. got, you know what I mean, with the exception of someone, you know what I mean, the kid getting pepper sprayed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Maybe, right. maybe Roger's uh, ego got hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, what happened to, you know, um, you know, down the street, what happened later that day. Yeah. But, but yeah, like, you know, uh, uh, considering that a lot of these people were armed, right, that we saw. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah. well, that's the thing. I mean, like, 
you know, like, there was a lot of shit that came out before they came to the park in February where there was Proud Boys from Riverside that were planning on bringing guns. Yeah. It was in a signal chat. There was pictures, you know what I mean? Like, it was it was a real it was a real deal. And that, that comes from, you know, like, um, you see working class people see things like the Proud Boys come, come in to, you know, play, and they see, like, their friends that were in the military get really, like, upset and... Uh, they they catch an inspiration from what they see the proud boys running around beating mm-hmm. people up so they want to get involved but when the people that have you know what I mean like that they're, they're shell shocked beyond belief you know yeah. what I mean from being a slave to the imperialist ways and you know what I mean getting sent all over the place to fucking yeah doing the dirty work of the empire sh- yeah exactly yeah. but they see the proud boys and they want to they want to you know what I mean they want to emulate that they want to do that and that's a lot of that was going on in February a lot oh, yeah. of those dudes were trying to pull off some military tactics to, like, they, they were scared, you know what I yeah. mean? They but, were scared, and they felt like they had to uh, fully protect themselves. Oh, yeah, we saw the armor. Oh, we yeah. saw that one full with the, like, Ninja Turtle armor that tried oh, yeah. to, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy, like to try well, to that's on the, the ground. thing, too, is that, uh, you know, when these, when, these, when these actions happen, the police are working with the fash at all times. They're holding, oh, they're holding each other's hands by the pinky, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And fucking, like, these, these fools will straight up tell them, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, just, you know, leave the stuff in the car. They'll, yeah. give, they'll give them a chance. They don't give us that chance. Oh, hell no. I can't I mean, even walk. I can't even carry a sign oh, down no, the street. No, no. Well, okay. they literally, let, they, the, the pigs let the call out that day. Anyone that looks like Antifa get their plates. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just how it goes. Like, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was in, they were in cahoots with the city. They were in cahoots with the pigs. Yeah. There's plenty of pigs that admire what happened that day and they loved it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Cause they hate that part too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we were talking last time with, with, uh, Katie Stiegel. Yeah. Shout she, out to Katie. Yeah. yeah. yeah shout out to For Katie. real. And she was telling how, when they were on the overpass of the bridge with the, with the rifles. Yeah. That they were denying it until they were saying that they had like photographic proof that. Oh, I got we, plenty yeah. of pictures of them with them. My photographer Brittany, she was showing me the photos and stuff of the um, the cops unloading these boxes of large rifles on the on the Coronado Bridge, and I'm like, okay, I clearly have to call the police department to get a quote about this. Like, I need to know what's going on, and I just want some clarification. I don't know a lot about guns. All I saw was big-ass guns on the bridge pointed at Chicano Park specifically. And so I call, and um, Lieutenant Scott Wall answers. <laughs> and um, we start arguing, and I was I was being professional, as I was taught to. <laughs> uh, I can't say the same for him. He started screaming at me. He was calling me a liar. Um, he said that he'd never heard of anything like this happening. I was like, sir, I'm telling you, like, I'm looking at the pictures right now. And he was asking if there was orange tags on them because something about um, them being the less than lethal. Yes. Yeah. Um, the no, yeah. And I was like, no, there's no, there's no orange tags on these. Like, there's guns, boxes of guns specifically pointed at Chicano Park right now. What is your comment on this? And he just kept calling me a liar. <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever, dude. That that whole thing was like. Uh, None of those guns were aimed across the street. Those yeah. guns were all aimed at us. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they even had to take, like, you know what I mean, like, their names off of their uniforms and their patches off their uniforms and they have to look like some cyborg G.I. Joe wannabes on top <laughs> oh, yeah. of the motherfucking bridge, you know what I mean? And it just goes to show you, like, 
they've always treated that neighborhood like that. They wanted that park to be a, a, a you know California Highway Patrol substation. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And they still treat it as such. You know what I mean? There's a there's a parking garage right next to uh, oh my gosh Chicano yeah. Park where the police you know congregate. Oh yeah, and that's that day, that's city. The city or people pay. You know what I mean for that for that. It's a city college parking yeah. lot, I believe. And uh, the pigs just post up in there. They got the code. They go there all hours yeah. of the night. They do Lord knows what in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember that day. We saw them just sitting in there in vans with full ride gear oh, with yeah. the vans yeah. on. That's their stage. And, yep. and, and it makes you think, really, like, what is the point of a, of, a city, of, a city, of a parking lot for City College being that far from City College? Right. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. make no fucking sense to me. Oh, yeah. And it kind of, you know, like, brings us back to our point of, like, why this community, specifically in, 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 in Chicano Park, like, why this community defense was so effective is because, like, you know, they brought out the guns, they brought out the tanks, they brought out all this use of force, and what the community was able to bring out, right, was, like, everyone from people's fucking kids to their grandmas yep. out in, in the park having a good day with food, dancing, um, despite these, like, overt, like, threats yeah. against our community. Um, so, yes, once again, you know, uh, as much as, you, as anyone who listens to what we talk about, we love talking about this day. Because it, you know, is a very clear example of like the power of our community to not only stand up against these like terroristic, fa- you know, fash, yeah, uh, but they're overt supporters in the police department. So yeah, yeah, thank you for bringing I mean, that up. Not only the February third, but the defense before that. Oh, I yeah. think it was in September of the year before. That was right after Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. It was immediately after. Yeah, August. and yeah. Um, I remember being in that park and meeting people that I'd never met before. You know what I mean? And uh, they were, you know, travelers, you know what I mean? Yeah. That were, you know, because there were a lot of people that were traveling around, you know what I mean? Going, following the wave of hate that this motherfucker yeah. Trump has stirred up. It's always been there, but he's just kicked the, the tide pool back into motion, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember talking to people and then being like, I was just in Charlottesville a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was like, damn, this shit is like... And it was and it was a mirror. That's all their copycats. The Nazis in San Diego always been fucking copycat Nazis, man. They yeah. see the shit that was going on with the, with the Confederate statue, and they, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. They get all butthurt about it. This is their this is their attempt to try and like get onto the what's it called uh, and, onto the scene with like what their what what their attacks which are not new like you brought up these attacks against Chicano Park. Yeah. So they're just yeah they're just mirroring and it whatever sh- they and it see. Show, and it really shows you too who's really like. Uh, awake to the fact of what's sacred and not because I've heard a lot of people that were just like not at the park that day but like to you know I mean act like they're a, you know uh, a, a straight up you know I don't know what they think they are but they say things like oh I could I could understand you know why why those, why they think those uh, murals are you know offensive. like I've heard people yeah, say yeah. that in yeah. the rap game yeah. like motherfuckers that say they're DJs and I'm not gonna say no names but yeah, yeah, yeah. motherfuckers that will oh. say some motherfucking Outright racist ass shit, yeah. and call themselves a hip hopper, and it's like, bro, that's not how it works, G. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't you understand, cherry what, pick. If, you, if you don't understand what's sacred, where you stand, then you just—it's just like uh, you just all talk, pretty much. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? But I don't know. I, and it was a, there was a lot of artists there too that day. Oh yeah, not just um, um, organizers and political people. A, a lot of a lot of artists from all over Southern California showed up that day. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of local cats too. Oh yeah, just a lot of gente that showed up. Shout out to Real J Wallace. Yeah, straight <laughs> up. He was yep, out there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing too is that the artists, you know, like I'll probably say this a lot in this interview, but the artist spot is with the revolution. It's with the, you know. Because the regular society isn't going to accept what we do, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
because we're living outside the norm, you know what I mean? We're not trying to, you know what I mean, give in to that whole, you know what I mean, paycheck to paycheck type of shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, at this stage it can seem a little weird to some people, like the kind of lifestyle that some of us <laughs> live about, like, organizing and devoting, like, you know, our lives to, like, building well, I mean, a movement. Yeah, if, if, we, if people don't take this shit serious, it's we might not have any room to organize mm-hmm. later on down the road. Shit gets any worse. Internets, don't touch that dial. Step off radio. We'll be right back. But first, a couple messages from friends of the show. Yo, what's happening, Step Off Magazine listeners? Quick break from the amazing content you've been listening to. One more here from the IA Podcast. You may be asking yourself, what is the IA Podcast? The Aid is a local radio show where we interview up-and-coming artists, creatives, and anyone who would like to share their backstory about why they do the things that they do. We dive deep into the life of the artist, bringing in-depth interviews, sharing stories in a raw and unfiltered format. A true podcast focusing on the artist for the artist. You can listen at iapodcast.com and on all streaming platforms. On the iTunes app, search IA Podcast. On the YouTube app, type in IA Podcast. That is I-A-T-E Podcast, and we hope you enjoy. All right, back to Step Off Magazine. Peace. So, you know, kind of leading on with that, you know, with tyranny, you know, and stuff potentially getting worse. On top of anti-fascist work that you do, you regularly work with Copwatch. And yeah. for those of you outside of San Diego that don't know, Copwatch is a local police oversight and monitoring organization. Uh, how did you first get involved with Copwatch, and why do you feel it's important that this kind of work is uh, not only important but necessary, especially to marginalized working-class black and brown communities? I feel like, well, I got, in, I got involved with Copwatch, I think it was... Around the time Alfred Alongo got murdered mm-hmm. in El Cajon, um, I knew of Cop Watch before that, but I didn't really know what it was until I actually like seen it in action. And also the day that Trump came to San Diego, uh, I remember hearing about Cop Watch, and then I, I started diving into it. I met with you know what I mean the uh, the members of Cop Watch, and it was I realized that that like being out here. And waiting for something to jump off, like what happened at, at the convention center when Trump came out here. Mm-hmm. Waiting for something like that to jump off and get in the streets is we're gonna uh, we need to be in the streets every day. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, it starts with the biggest fascist in our community is the cops, mm-hmm. in the pigs. You know Absolutely. What I mean? And oh, especially yeah. in black and brown communities where the GSU the gang suppression unit that's mm-hmm. the only place they go, and they just profile anyone that's black and brown. If you're wearing a red shirt and you're wearing red shoes and you're walking down the street, you're a suspect to them mm-hmm. just because your shirt's red and your shoes are red. You know what I mean? Because they, they feel like you're a, you're a threat mm-hmm. because you're living outside, you know what I mean, the system's ways of what they deem gangs or whatever the fuck they want to call it. Yeah, there's a nefarious reason, too. Like, a lot of these gang injunctions and, like, a lot of the activity that GSU does, right, is to help further uh, gentrification, not only yeah. here in San Diego, but also other places they well, use. Well, we've, we've seen a play out here, like, with uh, with Tiny Do and Aaron Harvey. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Who were victims of, of such injunctions here yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. You don't see the gang suppression unit in, in, uh, in East County. You don't see them in... Uh, Alpine, you don't see them at Fallbrook where there are gangs, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's a shitload of gangs in East County. 
and you don't see GSU out there. You know, yeah, what we I mean? only saw them during the Alfred Longo thing. That was well, the, they came yeah, out I mean, yeah. to support. We saw everyone. We saw probation. We saw everybody that came out to support the the police force. Uh, but yeah, like you said, there's but they're not there handling the uh, any of the any of these like specific Pecker woods that, or anything. Exactly. Yeah, any of these woods or any of these other gangs that are out, that are operating in. And they'll throw them in. The, they'll throw them in the database if they come across a, a you know a neo Nazi Peckerwood from. Hemet or some shit, you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean, they'll throw them in the database if they find them on the on the trolley or some shit like that. But they're not riding through Hemet yeah. looking for, you know. What I mean, like, and, and I'm not putting my my faith in the cops to do anything. Of right, course, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Fuck the pigs. But what I'm saying is like, it, it's it's a complete tool. Gang suppression unit is a tool they use to break up families, mm-hmm. plant drugs on people, and beat the shit out of little kids. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's why I feel like Cop Watch is very important. And, you know what I mean, shout out to Kat, shout out to Aaron, shout out to Edward, Michaela, anyone that films the police, because that's all of our duty. It's like a, it's a weapon. They see that camera and they get fucking nervous as shit. Oh, yeah. Because they, they, they have to be held accountable. That's what it's all about, them being held accountable. And I feel like, you know, like City Heights, Logan, even down near, you know what I mean, in, in the South Bay and shit, like... Like, uh, they will target black and brown communities. That's what they do. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's, that's, that's their main shit, you know what I mean? I mean, including children. Didn't they just get caught up, like, last year for, like, targeting a group of children in a park? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And specifically for wearing blue, that they were wearing the color blue, and that was the incentive for them to, like, come up and, well, and specifically now, take their DNA. Today, I heard, just recently as today, like, the courts in San Diego... It, they can use a hashtag against you. Yeah, I heard about and that, that too. that can be evidence. So, like, if you just put hashtag, you know what I mean, and two numbers yeah. with a letter, that's considered, you know what I mean? Yeah, can be used yeah, you against can be, you. you can be used against you as now you're a gang member. You know what I mean? And For life. Yeah, and that, yeah, you, there's no getting out of that yeah. shit. You know what I mean? And the juvenile system, they will, you know what I mean, they they will purposefully get the the hardest kid and ask him, you know, where are you from? And that kid will tell him where he's from because, you know I mean, in that mind state, you you know what I mean, you never say, I'm from nowhere, you know what I mean? And that that's it. You're fucking documented yeah. for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? And that happened to, that happened to me, that happened to my homies, happened to a lot of my homies I grew up with. We were dumb and said we were from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And now whenever we get pulled over, we get asked a bunch of fucking questions like, oh, are you still from here? Are you still from there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's fucking stupid. And, yeah. and the pigs in this country started as slave patrol. Oh, of course. Yeah. And the sheriff in California used to give out, like, pay bounties for people killing Native Americans. Oh, yeah. Because they ran out of gold. Oh yeah, I, I still remember more, seeing those ads. Yeah, save save man killing. Like, uh, studying. Yeah, and it's just like, and that's when you see a sheriff. When you see a sheriff car says "Keeping peace since 1850," that's what that shit means. Yeah, no, I believe it. Like I'm from East County, so yeah. Like I know the sheriff in, in the area that we grew up in uh, just got caught up for running guns uh, oh, yeah. as part of like this right whole right wing oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely makes sense. <clears throat> and now this kind of like you know transitions well to like my next question, right? Which is. You know, the political work that, you know, you do outside of the music is seen only by, I, I would say it's only seen as controversial by the shittiest kind of people, you know, like, but some people see it as controversial, right? Yeah. Uh, how has this, you know, had an impact on, you know, your music or while you, when you're out performing or just your personal life? Um, especially like, you know, the kind of harassment we get from like shitty ass people like Roger Ogden or these other known right wing agitators. Uh, how has that ha- impacted your music or just your personal life? Um... It's a bunch of empty threats that have driven anxiety and paranoia through me at times. 
But to be honest, I'm not really worried about it. It's like what I said, like these local cats like Roger and the Wyricks, like I'm not scared of these motherfuckers. Like these motherfuckers have posted videos of me, my friends, Mm -hmm. the comments on there go so far to say like, uh, oh, yeah, his time will come. Uh, I'm going to get murdered. I'm going to get shot in the face. I'm going to, you know, all this and that, this and that. But it's like I said, these fools are like lizards, man. (laughs) They They only slide out under their rock. When the sun comes out, and the sun to them is is the politicking, the politics mm-hmm. season, and the camera time. You yeah. know what I mean? That's all they do. You know yeah. what I mean? They're all super hard when they're standing behind a line of police with exactly. a camera. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, they have, they are the police, straight up, in my mind. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they are part of that same fucking side. They're part of that same system. They're part of that same way of thinking where it's like, we're going to just push authority on every. If you're not on that white Christian Trump train, you're going to fucking, you know what I mean? We're yeah, going to dox the shit out of you. We're going to show up at your house yeah. and blah, 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 blah. But it's all empty pro- It's all empty threats, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just them trying to be terrorists, right? They're trying to terrorize well, that's what emotionally. they are. That's, yeah. what, that's what their whole system, that's what this government was founded on was fucking terrorism. That's the way I see it, at least, you know what I mean? Like, And that's what they, that's what they support fully. They support the terrorist system that, you know what I mean, and the, the the infrastructure that's held up by white supremacy, you yeah. know what I mean? Because that's all, that's all Trump stands for, that's all Roger stands for, that's all any of these fuckers stand right. for. They're all just unpaid agents of the state at this point. Whether, exactly. they, whether, whether they know it or not, they're all just exactly. functionaries of the same the thing is, of the like, I do, I do a lot of shows, man, and I've been doing shows since I got quote-unquote doxxed, half-assed doxing, yeah. whatever the fuck, like... Like, I do shows all the time. These motherfuckers ain't gonna do shit. Right. And if they want to do shit, I'm not that hard to find. Right. You know what I mean? I'm and not- I mean, Roger, like, all it takes is one... For, I, I, I've said this on many occasions. I'm proud to say this. Like, all it takes is one firm oh, yeah. push and Roger's done. Like, oh, yeah. that old man well, is that's done. The, well, that's the thing, too, is, like, because these fools think they're slick. You know what I mean? Like, Roger's not the one out there yeah. doing... Um, you know what I mean uh, the shit that Proud Boys do in San yeah. Diego which is real minimum which is like fly by someone's house at 4 in the morning and fucking paste a stop sign uh, with the flyer when the doorway's 10 feet away <laughs> yeah you know what I mean like, <laughs> and what, 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 what I don't understand is like uh, it gets to the point where like you're putting up flyers saying this person is a militant anti-racist and it's like so the fuck what yeah, right? <laughs> like, like racism like, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, they put up flyers condemning people that, that don't agree with Trump, don't agree with the American, quote-unquote, way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they deem them Antifa. Most people that will see that shit don't know what Antifa means. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had to explain to some lady who saw a flyer with my face posted on it what Antifa was. And she goes, she goes, you know what? That's not that bad. <laughs> right, yeah. You know what I mean? I had another lady tell me, I went home and looked it up, and it wasn't, that's not bad. There's nothing right. wrong with that. And it's like, that's the thing is, they see these folks uh, in the streets, masked up, locked up, and they're scared mm-hmm. because they're not in control of what they're seeing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when it gets to that point, they want to know who we are. It doesn't matter who I am. I'm someone that doesn't like Nazis in my fucking neighborhood. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's something that we should <laughs> all be able to... That's a pretty low threshold to cross, which exactly. is like, low bar, fuck yeah. Nazis. There and should be no like, and conversation the thing beyond is, that. Like, when they hear the word Nazi, they know they're Nazis, so they get offended by it. Yeah, yeah. Straight well, up. I mean, and yeah. that kind of you know perfectly goes into the like next next point. Sometimes you gotta say just like what's what's real, right? Like call a Nazi a Nazi, right? Yep. So a lot of you know artists and performers get flack from certain circles, you know, in society when they like kind of speak out on certain issues, like calling a Nazi a Nazi. You're like, oh, like, 
you know, why don't you like keep the peace or whatever? It's like the argument. <laughs> so like, you know, all the, that's a bullshit. But anyways, do you believe that Nazis artists? Want peace. Yeah, yeah, of course, right? <laughs> do you believe that artists and performers, um, you know, and those in the public eye, uh, especially those with like an influential platform, because you know a lot of people have like million followers and bullshit like that. Yeah. Um, do they, Do you think they have a duty to speak out against injustices and bring public awareness to these like problems? Like, should they should they be doing more like than than like something like, than than kind of what's expected right now? I feel like they should, but I feel like a lot of them won't. Yeah. Um, I feel like as far as people getting flat from certain circles in society when they speak out, like, um, there's rappers in Greece and France, I believe, that have been killed by, like, neo-Nazis. Uh, one was killed by the Golden Dawn. Just for, um, speak, just for rapping about anti-fascism, just for speaking his mind, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, um, and I, like... That type of shit is what lets you know that this is a this is a, a music is a weapon. It's a tool. It always has been. You know what I mean? Since the '60s and '70s, that's why a lot of people like that would sing about you know what I mean uh, protest songs or what have you. They ended up on CIA watch list later on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Buffy Saint Marie um, and other other artists, indigenous artists. You know what I mean? That would just say one thing about. Don't go. Don't send these kids off to war. You're on a fucking watch list now. Yeah. Because war is good to them. You know yeah, what I right. mean? And like, I, music it used to be a revolutionary thing. It still, it still is, but it's not on TV. It's not the shit you see on TV. It's not the shit you hear. Like, it might be some shit you hear at, at of course, on the streets. You know what I mean? But it's not going to be something that's that's going to be advertised. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be underground. Well, we were talking like we 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 we'd gone and seen Chasiri X speak in uh, pretty recently out in East County, um, and you know you, you know brought up a very similar uh, uh, what was it uh, point uh, about um, like who, what gets produced, what kind of music gets produced, right? Like the Lucian Granges and the like Universal like you know CEOs right yeah. are are not going to be producing revolutionary artists, right? Yeah. Because you know they have a, a vested economic interest in producing. Um, shit that keeps people asleep, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like, so that's a you know a valid point. Like what you said, like a, the, the revolution, like was what, like a lot of people I've heard say like hip hop is the music of the revolution, and I would agree with that. Uh, and it's going to be coming from the grassroots, right? Like the people yeah. like that that you know the like, like like you for example, like the people that are like in the street, like struggling and and, and building social change. Um, so yeah, like I yeah I think it's awesome. I think that's like. You know, it's important for us like to bring up those you know what's it called criticisms of people that do have that spotlight and that yeah. shine uh, for when they don't do enough. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Now, like speaking with that hip hop, like that real shit, the stuff that speaks that truth. Hip hop's undeniable ties to political activism and its expression seems to carry a uniquely extra punch in your music, you know, particularly due to the many social issues present in both the music's ethos and conversely also present in many. Um, indigenous communities throughout the country and just it marginalized communities, really. Um, in what ways do you hope to help um, the community through your own music? It's a hard question, man. I was like, um, I just want to be a good accomplice and be there to listen to the homies and family I have that have been through the struggle longer than me mm-hmm. and that have been affected by this for over 200, 300 years in their families. And... Um, that struggle that they go through, uh, struggle is, you know, the anti-colonial, anti-fascist struggle. Um, and I feel like, uh, I don't know, like, I, the, a lot of my music has always been political, you know what I mean? Um, 
in certain, you know what I mean, ways or another, you know what I mean, not mm-hmm. so much as it is now, more, it's, it's a lot, gotten a lot more political because of the things that I've learned and things that I've talked uh, to about my homies and such. Um, I feel like a lot of us that are, of course, white, the uh, best thing we could do is shut up and listen uh, and learn about the people who lived on the land that we're staying on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that goes for, uh, you know, just anybody, an organizer, an artist, whatever, what have you. Um, make art that calls out the colonial infrastructure we sit on, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that would be, that's a form of uh, resistance and it's a form of calling out the bullshit that you see, you know what yeah. I mean? Because a lot of people will just make music. You know, like it, like saying "fuck Trump" on a song is cool and it feels good, but it's got to go a lot deeper than that. And just that, just, and that can't yeah. be the only thing. Yeah, because you know, what I mean, like a lot of these people that they think that this whole fascist rise is something that Trump started, right. or he's like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's nothing new. Oh yeah. And people have to realize that any anti-fascism that isn't based or rooted in anti-colonialism is just going to breed more fascists. They don't understand that he's he's the side effect. He's not. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's, he's, he's not the symptom. symptom. Yeah, there. It's like symptom. we have the old saying, yeah. right? That like Trump is the symptom, capitalism is, capitalism is the disease, mm-hmm. and socialism is the cure, right? Like, uh, and you know that you know the, I like what you brought. I like what you said very much because it is very much cuts to the core that like Trump is not like this new thing. It is like the continuation of the settler colonial system yeah. that has been here since the since the first like you know. Colonists from Spain, from Europe, came since here. Since 1492. Yeah, since 1492. Yeah. And, that, I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, as an artist um, saying these things, I don't want to, like, I'm not trying to speak for somebody or speak for people that this has been happening to. I'm trying to mm-hmm. speak, or while I speak, at least stand with them mm-hmm. and not stand for them, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's easy for somebody to... Uh, talk the talk but not walk the walk pretty yeah, much yeah. and uh as an artist a lot of the a lot of the time you just spend talking you know what i mean but mm-hmm. you have to do that that the walking as well mm-hmm. but you also have to listen yeah you know what i mean especially if you're going to be talking about things that don't directly i mean affect or ha- have been affecting you know what i mean your loved ones and your family longer you know yeah. what i mean yeah i took a trip out to uh, flagstaff and had a lot of conversations with some really really deep indigenous anarchists and they really like put me on to some like deep knowledge about like how the best thing we can do as an accomplice is listen mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's hard to listen when you're on the microphone and there's a beat playing mm-hmm. but you have to do it while you rap as well right. you know what i mean and it's uh it's just, it's just it's just hard especially with the way things are right now because uh in this next election we either get like the slow decay fake peace and love democratic fascism or we get this weird proto-fascist swine like Trump and Pence mix yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and these people are fucking nuts all they care about is that the voice they hear in their head that they think is a white god and shit like that you know what I mean mm-hmm. like no we just saw somebody with a Trump Pence 2020 t-shirt last week that was like super super proud of himself they might, uh, yeah, they might as well just get a swastika on that shirt man yeah. that's what that shit stands for <laughs> right straight up for real now, going following up on that, hip hop is one of the most powerful and significant musical genres of, of um, as well as social movements of the past fifty years. Yep. Uh, tell us your thoughts about hip hop's part of the build unity, enlighten the masses, and fuel mechanisms for change in society, especially in today's turbulent and troubled times hmm. as they are. Um, yeah, I mean the first time 
I saw somebody rap. Uh, it was, you know, I mean, they were, they were. I mean, I don't mean to sound like I'm uh, idolizing them, but they were in a gang. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I saw that it was a, it was a powerful tool. And this was before I learned the history of like how hip hop was used to quell gang violence. You know what I mean? In New York, in mm-hmm. Chicago, in L.A. You know what I mean? When it was started. You know what I mean? And it still does to this day. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gives the the kids a uh, uh, opportunity instead of like, you know what I mean? Like, let's go do some dirt. Well, let's mm-hmm. go to the homie's house and make a song, you know what I mean, like that. And we could, unfortunately, like, it's a lot of more. Now there's just, it throws uh, flame on the fire now because a lot of people just, you, know, you get the, the beefs going, people going back and forth. yip yapping and what have you. But uh, it still brings folks together and it definitely quells gang violence. I've seen it do it, you know what I mean? And I've seen people come together and form bonds, I mean, one person from one neighborhood, one person from another neighborhood, and they form, like, a sick-ass rap group. Yeah. You know what I mean? I saw that a lot growing up. And uh, I think hip-hop is powerful like that because it, it's, uh, it's a bridge, you know what I mean? And um, it's the type of bridge, even when it's on fire, it fucking looks pretty cool. <laughs> Cause, yeah, uh, I like that. Because a lot of, a lot of the, the, the best groups I ever saw were, like, people that probably wouldn't be necessarily homies if they didn't rap. You know what I mean? And but like, that connection brought them together. Yeah, exactly. Though. Yeah, because I've seen plenty of duos like that. And uh, just underground duos, you know, like cats I knew growing up and shit that were like cousins. And I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a powerful thing, you know what I mean? That it As is, music it really is, is. Every, every, uh, every uh, I guess, culture, you could say. There's drums and there's people standing around those drums connecting. Oh, yeah. It's it's a community, like almost spiritual, really. Just yeah, coming definitely, together, definitely. It brings people together, like oh, you yeah. said. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it for all the way from that police brutality marches in Oklahoma with the power of just like music and oh, people yeah. being able to like come by. You know, it raises morale and spirits, right? To like even just like yesterday, I was at UCSD, and you know, people like you know, as much as like the old Union songs <laughs> can get a lot of flack, right? You know, seeing people like you know, fifty people singing "Solidarity Forever" as part of like an actual like action, you know, demonstrates that like you know, for people that may like maybe minutes earlier maybe have been like a little sleepy, a little bit like not necessarily conditioned to getting out into the street yelling, demanding your rights, like those very basic things, those connections, like a shared song can yeah. help really, really set that off. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Step off radio. Be right back. What up, Step Off Radio? This is Nate Witzel with SDLovesHipHop.com. If you vibe with Rob and the good folks here at Step Off Magazine, then chances are you'll love what's going on with the SD Loves Hip Hop podcast. It's available on all streaming platforms. We recently had San Diego's own Odessa Kane, Bay Area Spitter Locksmith, and 2018 SDMA Artist of the Year nominee Parker Edison on the podcast. Right now we have DJ Bar One, South Central MC Jag both on deck. Come and be a part of the conversation on hip-hop as a catalyst for change over at sdloveshiphop.com. Again, that's SD like San Diego, sdloveshiphop.com. Peace, love, and hip-hop. There seems to be a disconnect, um, particularly between rap music and the world of current events taking place right now. In today's current climate, um, 
with so much exposure emphasis on stuff like police brutality, uh, racism, blatant corruption, just the utter contempt for the poor and communities of color from the White House, you think more people would be producing more um, call to action kind of music? Do you expect to hear like the next Public Enemy, Poor Righteous Teachers, X Clan, Brand Nubian, Ice Cube, Dead Prez, um, all sorts of artists like that around now? Um, similar to what we saw like in the late 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. But many artists, they just simply aren't addressing those issues with the same aggression that is clearly being typed on social media and playing out before our very eyes. Um, it's just not properly being placed in the music. Why do you think that is? I think it's because people are scared. I think it's because people... Um, it's kind of like to make music like that now is like everyone's waiting for it to hear it you know what mm-hmm. I mean but when Dead Prez was making their music it was kind of like whoa who are these angry ass dudes that are just going off and mm-hmm. telling me the real history of what the fuck happened in this country you know what mm-hmm. I mean like and it was like almost taboo kind of sort of you know what I mean to hear hear them say the things that they said Dead Prez was one of the first like rap groups that I had listened to and actually like woke up and was like holy shit this is like what real rap is not the shit that's on MTV not mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean the whole whatever was going on when I was because I found I found that CD a dead press CD when I was like 10 years old 11 years old it was like in the parking lot of 7-Eleven <laughs> literally like face it was like face down I was like what the fuck is that I grabbed it went home put it on and was like what the fuck like true story like that yeah. shit and it tripped me out because I had that CD for a long fucking time until I was like 18 and then I lost it but it was it was weird as shit because like the shit that they were saying back then was relevant now. If they put that album out now, that shit would still like twenty years hit. later. It's just yeah. as relevant. Yeah, it'll always be relevant yeah. because mm-hmm. it's speaking the truth, and that's what people are scared of these days. Especially artists. Unfortunately, a lot of artists that make hip hop are scared of the truth because uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of the younger cats, the hip hop that they grew up on, is all based on like facades and building this image that no one's being themselves no more. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like Dead Prez, you could tell M1 was being himself. Ice Cube has always been himself. No matter how much money that fool gets, he's still going to let you know that, hey, Democrats do not have your back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he's going to say Republicans will do you even dirtier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ice Cube was warning people about this whole liberal bullshit that's going on right now in 2008 <laughs> yeah. on raw footage on the CD. He, he straight up called out like how Hillary was trash, Obama was trash. All these fools are trash choices, quote unquote. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, and that's that's what I always admired about Ice Cube and Dead Prez and shit like that because that's what we need is more sh- more shit like that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's it sucks. It is. It's, it's, there's no real. There are though. There's young cats that that do come out with the political shit. You know what I mean? But it's far and few between. You know what I mean? Like you have like uh, um, uh, this is America that that. Uh, Forgot his name. Cause Charles Charles yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And you know what I mean, Kendrick Lamar, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Saying some real shit that makes you think. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what we need more of. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but even then, you're being, you're putting yourself out there. You know what I mean? And I think they seen what happened at Dead Press, and they're just like, oh, that's just old hip hop. We're gonna do our own thing. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it has always has to have that message there. <clears throat> I feel yeah. like people do it because they're scared. Yeah, people don't do it because they're scared. You know what I mean? Yeah, precisely. I yeah. feel like it's a lot of people trying to bring a, make a brand now too, right? Like, it's well, about yeah, like that's the thing. That. It's all about building a brand and having all the videos you can have, and it's all about focusing on these material things instead of the message. Yeah, and even the material things are are they're just fucking internet sensation 
like bullshit. You know what I mean? It's not here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, like all these posts are going to be in a data bank that the feds keep, but beyond that, it's we're we're not going to see it it again. You know what I mean? Like they might let us see it in our memories. You know what I mean? That we have to click on to see, but it's like we're supposed to be making those with our mind and representing who we are, Mm -hmm. not what we want to be and what people have been feeding us into thinking is cool. You know? Yeah. Right supposed to go against the wave hip-hop is a revolutionary thing or it was yeah and that's the thing like when when um it was 2008 i think it was when it was when obama was either running for president or was about to become president and ice cube said what the hell are y'all doing supporting the president right it's supposed to be hip-hop <laughs> right you know what i mean like i'll never have dinner with the president as yo, ice cube straight said. up <laughs> <laughs> like you, you you gotta understand like these people in these fucking suits and ties and you know what I mean like they're not your homie yeah like straight up and that's what I guess like kind of a little bit ironic because like you know we're seeing this kind of like uh not apathy but like this like arms distance from politics and a lot of you know media right now like music specifically um, but the political discourse in this country is just undeniably the most divided it's been, uh, at least in my generation. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, people now are, like, getting into it just openly, uh, whereas before, like, people just, like, you know, racists just kept their... Let me put it this way. They were still openly racist, right? Um, yeah. But they weren't as emboldened as they. I feel like they've been. Uh, but let me say this, like, <clears throat> in the era of Trump, you know, where, like, this kind of civil <laughs> civil discourse, which I, I don't think... You know, let me put it this way. Um, I, there was discourse. I don't know how civil it was, but in, in fact, <laughs> these, uh, arguments have seemed to fall out the window, right? Like, right. you know, anyone can, can just claim fake news and all that garbage now. Um, so, like, you know, as artists who not regularly, you know, who don't really, you know, regularly incorporate, you know, political commentary into their music um, and takes part in activism yourself, like, what are your thoughts on the, like, current state of not just, like, political discourse or, like, the actual conversation of, like, politics in this country, but but this idea of civility, right? And, I, and for anyone that can't see, because I'm obviously talking to a fucking, like, speaker right now, like, I'm doing massive air quotes around the words civility in, in, in politics in this nation. Uh, what do you feel about civility uh, in public discourse, uh, specifically, you know, as an artist? I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, honestly, man, uh, I feel like if we don't get our shit together as a human collective and start taking care of this planet and ripping these pipelines out of the ground and fighting back against the system, the racist system that perpetuates mm-hmm. all of that shit you just spoke on, we're, yeah. if we don't get serious about taking this shit out in the next like couple sunsets, we're fucked. That's how I feel about it. I feel like if we seriously don't get our shit together and stop putting our faith in these fake-ass fucking politicians Mm -hmm. that act like they know what's going to be better for everybody they've never met or spent time with, I I think we're fucked. I I feel like shit, like you said, shit has gotten... I've... I mean, I'm 28 years old. Since I was a kid, shit has gotten... Like, I've just seen more and more people hurt each other mm-hmm. openly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when I was a teenager, yeah, there was people beating each other up in the streets. I've seen it all the time in my neighborhood. But now that's just happening, like, like at, at Denny's and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's happening at gas stations, and yeah. people are just, like, treating each other like well, cross towns is what we used to call it when we were growing up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like this fool from the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's literally becoming, like, like... When someone, I, I forgot who said, but they said Democrats and Republicans, new bloods and crips. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So, like, let me ask you this then. Do you think, like, do you think that civility is even important at all, given that, like, you, like you said, like, no. there's environmental damage, like, these fucking... I the, think the, if we're nice about it, it, we're doomed. There we go, right? Like, and, and that's, what, that's what I was curious about, because, yeah. like, there's a lot of this conversation about civility. You get, like, a lot of the, like, I don't know, I'm going to go, like, um, like, liberal Luke, for example, is going to say, like, hey, like, you got to be nice to, you know, these people, whatever, because, you know, we got to win their, you know, hearts and minds in the marketplace of ideas. And you like you like you aptly pointed out, right? Like sometimes, like if it looks like a Nazi and quacks like a Nazi, it's not worth like you know trying to have that conversation. Not, yeah. yeah, and it's liberal Luke, Luke Skywalker, or what? Yeah, like somebody, yeah, like, like somebody that you know that like was it a horseshoe theory thrower that's gonna just like come out of the woodwork well, I mean, whenever yeah, you say I mean, like fuck Nazis or or we need to take this seriously. This is just a, there's a clicking you know what's a uh, shot clock. Yeah, you know, definitely. on this situation, like you got, we got rich people that are like basically preparing to yeah. deuce on the earth. And you like, have to understand, like what happened. Mars. Yeah. yeah, what happened at, at at Standing Rock, and that was that was the the, the first wake up call that we get. I feel like, mm-hmm. and there's not gonna be too many more of those. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that was people actually showing you, like, hey, look, we can if we're fighting amongst each other. We're doing what they want. Yeah. But while we're fighting amongst each other, they're out here digging up graves and fucking putting pipelines in. And yeah. next thing you know, all the water's going to be shit and no one's going to have any water. Yeah. That's already happening in Flint. Oh, yeah. You know four four mean? plus years or something. It's, like happening, years? it's happening in Flint. And then now here you have uh, California Border Patrol pigs slicing water bottles oh, and just yeah. dumping them out. You know what I mean? And people, it's just people lost, I think, touch with what really is important. And that's Mother Earth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's on that's on purpose, of course. You know what I mean? Because we're taught, you know, what I mean, as like in this society that like, you know, what I mean, the the world is uh, decaying, but that's that's only in the, in the rainforest. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what we're taught as kids. We're taught to think like that shit's far off. Like, watch oh, watch Fern Gully. You know what I mean? Mean? <laughs> yeah, shit like, is shit every nineties kid. What was it? Save the rainforest. Yeah, exactly. Save the rainforest. Yeah, save the rainforest. But we what we. Like the rainforest needs to be saved, but we also the rest of the world needs to be saved. This whole entire planet is gonna not be in the hot spot if people don't get their shit together and yeah. start realizing that like all these shits that we're used to seeing every day aren't necessarily good for the planet. That being like cars and buses and trains and all these things that emit all these fumes that are toxic. Yeah, yeah. and it's all for a quick buck, right? Like the capitalists, you know, the capitalist yeah. class doesn't really care about the longevity of the planet or even our public health, right? Because even, like, we talked about Chicago Park, we talked about Barry Logan a little earlier, the, the, the asthma, the, yeah. like, environmental fucking racism that happens, it's all tied to capitalism, right? So, like, in exactly that, right? Like, this, this, uh, a lot of us can get behind, you know, this kind of, like, oh, the earth, water's good. We, like, all need water to live. We want it to be clean. Uh, but for, like, you know, the billionaire that's trying to, like, maximize that quick profit. Nestle. Exactly. Yeah. It always comes down to the, the you know, the dollar. Yeah, the it's dollar and how much they can squeeze out of our communities. Even if it gives us cancer, even if it gives people lead poisoning, you know. And you look who's on that dollar. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, but, oh god, just just I have to throw it out there. Fuck Andrew Jackson. Just I don't know why, all but like, fuck yeah, all fuck all of them. them. All right. So switching gears a little bit, man. Let's get into more about your personal opinions and tastes on the current hip hop scene right now. Uh oh. <laughs> so there's debate there's debate amongst certain people in hip hop about what people have started calling quote unquote mumble rap. Right. Um some people say it's not even hip hop, um, it's not rapping, or some people argue that the, these are just artists just expressing themselves and making the genre into a different direction, like artists have in the past. Uh, what's your take on mumble rap and all of that right now? I think a lot of the stuff that's called mumble rap 
It's just, it's just rap. I think the term mumble rap came from uh, a, a crowd of youngsters that the first album they listened to or the first song they heard was on YouTube. It wasn't on a cassette. It wasn't on a vinyl. It wasn't on a CD that your homie burned for you in eighth grade. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it was on YouTube. That was the, their first exposure to, like, trap music. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's all they know. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's their thing. I feel like mumble rap is it, like... Oop, that's my uh, fancy alarm clock. <laughs> but, uh... My phone's right in front of me. But, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... But yeah, I feel like mumble rap is definitely rap. And I feel like people have been doing this quote-unquote style that they call mumble rapping for a long time. Like if you listen to Sugar Free mm-hmm. and then you listen to like some new school rappers, it's, it's identical to that style, you know what I mean? And Sugar Free, uh, his whole style was based on the, just the real fast street rap. And I've been hearing people do that for a long time. It sounded like they mumbling to me because I couldn't mm-hmm. understand shit they were saying. Yeah. But this whole new shit, is, it's a lot of... Uh, it's like just basically like... Uh, it's just basically like they don't give a shit like so hard that it's just like I'm so laid back that like I'm just everything's coming out slurred, mumble, you know what I mean? I, I got a lot of respect for the people that make the beats that mumble rappers like the trap beats and shit. Yeah. Cause those shits is hard to make. That's a lot it's a lot easier to make a boom bap beat than to hit the set up all them hi hats and all that shit that they be doing. Really? I think so at least. From what I've seen, like certain people making beats and shit like that, like I've seen the actual like People that do the, the like the trap beats and shit like that, it's a lot of like uh, melodies and shit that go into it, but yeah. it's super fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I do, I like, I hate it honestly. A lot of the new school mumble rap, <laughs> I can't, I don't listen to it. It's very uh, strange to me, but it just reminds me of Sugar Free for some reason. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But I feel like all rap has its place at, at the table. You know yeah. what I mean? Even yeah. the shitty stuff, no because it's all uh, expression. And a lot of the, uh, if we went back, if we had like a time machine. And we went back to like when hip hop started, and we heard like some of the rappers back then. We probably laugh at them too, like, "Oh, this is some whack! Like, what, what, yeah. what, what the hell is this shit?" Right? And make his styles change and shit like that. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, I feel like I feel like the whole mumble rap thing is probably just gonna fade out the same way like people rapping about their white tees faded out, and then. You know what I mean? It's just phases. And, and yeah. It just goes through yeah. different changes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah there's always going to be somebody with uh, making the purest argument about, like, you well, know. Yeah, and those uh, be hip-hop, then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, that's uh, like, I feel like there's a lot of that in hip-hop, and it needs to just, it needs to pump its brakes sometimes, because it's like, it's like, when you, when you just look for, like, oh, this is whack, oh, this is whack, this is yeah. whack, like. And how do you balance that out? Because cause you're a fan of boom bap, like yeah. traditional hip hop. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. so how do you balance that out as an artist? I mean, I just listen to everything, or I try to. You know what I mean? Like I listen, like when uh, that dude Young Lean, I think his name was, died. I was like, oh, you mean? Because I always thought he was whack. I never listened to his music, but I thought he was whack. He mm-hmm. th- he passed away. I listened to his music, and I was like, damn, like this dude was on. He was saying some shit. You know what I mean? Some real shit. You know what I mean? And I feel like just listening to everybody and giving them the ear. You know what I mean? Even if you don't like it or you think, like, damn, this fool is, is just biting someone else's style or is, or this shit is whack. Like, you got to listen. You know what I mean? But then you be like, all right, whatever. You know what I mean? It's a lot. There's a lot of fucking rappers, man. And oh, there's, a, there's a lot of people. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of people that, that, that don't even go to shows and don't even, uh, uh, like, showcase their talent or get on a stage or grab a mic. And then a lot of people just say, like, oh, all this is whack. We can't all be whack. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's somebody out there that does, 
mumble rap that somebody that does lo-fi or uh, boom bap would like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of that in hip-hop where it's like, oh, if it's not boom bap, it's whack. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, yeah, you're right, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's, uh, you got to uh, understand that, like, mumble rap takes a, a piece of hip-hop that was as forgotten, I think, where it's like, just have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah. There's enough space for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, that kind of brings us to the part of this interview where we can start talking about what you got going on, what you got looking forward to, like upcoming projects, endeavors, you know, you have lined up for the future in 2019. I heard uh, about, well, I don't know if you released this already, but like digital, was it digital dust mites or was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us just about what you got going on for the future, you know, in the immediate or the immediate and not so immediate future. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm, I'm kind of refocusing and retraining my my uh, brain and uh my system into like making music that is uh from the soul and from mm-hmm. the heart again because I feel like I was making music just to put some out mm-hmm. for a long time for the past couple years um locally right now uh I'm just kind of stepping back from where I usually would have been uh and kind of just like eyeing the future up and seeing that like you know like this music shit is a tool it's a powerful tool and uh you have to be able to like uh has to be like longevity to it you know what i mean and it has to be uh if i'm just out there putting out an album every month and trying to like continuously push myself i'm gonna just get tired of being around people in the yeah, shows or whatnot you know what yeah. i mean and, and i feel like uh I don't know. I'm just trying to find my new, um, trying to find comfortability in making music again. Because I was right. making music for a couple of years and it felt like I was making it for other people. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But now I'm back at that point where I'm kind of just chilling. Um, yeah, you yeah, don't want to I mean, burn out. It's like organizing, right? Yeah, like, if you exactly. go too hard, you're going to be burned out and then you're not good yeah. to nobody. You know? I mean, I've been making music for like five years, seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been organizing for like two or three, I don't know. I lost count, but yeah. whatever. Like, um, but yeah, man. I, and in the, the future, you know, I, I like doing shows, man. I like to, to surround myself in the in the in like the the way that the Grateful Dead used to do it, where like, yeah, we'll make an album and people will, you know, what I mean, if they like it, they like it. But the shows is where it's at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that's the essence of music is live music. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I got a show on uh, the twenty seventh of this month at Space. It's going to be a dope show. I got yeah. another one uh, uh, March 14th. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I seen, like, I seen, I like, I always love your flyers, by the way. Just, I, like, I think <laughs> hey, one, the one I seen, I don't remember the one is that the first one that you mentioned or the one at Winston's, but uh, the one with, like, the foot being sawed off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that kind of brings me just, like, a supplemental question, I guess, that I didn't I didn't think to bring up earlier, but I seen the word snail cage. Can you right. tell me what about, like, what is snail cage? All right, snail cage is a, uh, is a record collective that I'm a part of. It started by uh, the homie Matias Cruz, who's a really dope MC. You should check that out. Uh, he started Snail Cage so we could all have a place to be uh, artists mm-hmm. and exist because we were all from different crews. Um, sometimes the crews, you know what I mean, uh, <laughs> went in different uh, tracks mm-hmm. of focus and we wanted to make music together. So we, he started Snail Cage and it's grown into a really dope family that spans from here in California to Denmark to uh, uh, England. Um, there's um, somebody, I 
yeah, Denmark, England. Um, I'm not sure for anywhere else, but yeah, I mean, we're all, I mean, we're all over the place, and there's bands, and there's, uh, it's not just hip hop, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a dude that just plays the drums, and then, um, uh, but yeah, Snail Cage is a, a record collective. Shout out to all of them, Matias Cruz, Dizma, those darn gnomes, you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of the music that you'll hear at a Snail Cage show sometimes isn't something that you, uh, you were ready for. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it might uh, hurt a little yeah. bit, but it's just music. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I get down with the international snail conspiracy. You know, oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, shout out to everyone on Snail Cage, for real. No doubt. So bringing that up with more with uh, with people that you work with, um, also, who are your top artists locally right now? Now, who are the artists that push you to like step up your game when you hear their music from out here? Stunt Double Intention. Stunt Double Intention uh, is uh, all, two awesome individuals that uh, actually the first hip hop show I ever went to at the yard used to be on Seventeenth Street. It used to be a um, house venue that would have punk rock shows and rap shows. Uh, I went that was the first show I ever went to was there and uh they were uh they ripped it and that shit just hella inspired me and ever since then I just kinda like you know what I mean, uh those are the big homies, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh you know what I mean, Parker Meridian too, they uh inspired me to, you know what I mean, get get into it uh heavy because there's some like professional like musicians, you know what I mean? A yeah. lot of, a lot of the homies that I got, I'm just like in awe sometimes, like damn, like these motherfuckers is dope. <laughs> like, how, like, how the fuck did I meet these fools? <laughs> but uh, everybody on Snail Cage inspires me. Everyone on 420 Noise Records inspires me. Um, honestly, I'm trying to keep my circle really small, man, because, like, um, I don't know. I jumped headfirst into this rap shit five years ago and made a lot of uh, so-called friends that ended up being mm-hmm. pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just kind of flying low and kind of doing my own thing and keeping, like... Uh, my circle small. Yeah, no doubt. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, everyone inspires me, man. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, so like, so you've learned a lot. Well, in the in the five years that you've been yeah, making definitely. music. Yeah, definitely. What advice do you give uh, for young artists and musicians and performers who want to get into the music industry and entertainment business, especially those that want to send you know a positive you know yeah. message out there, you know, with their art? I would say, um, do it. Create for the sake of creation. And don't do it for anybody else. Don't do it for some money. Don't do it because, like, you saw someone else doing it. I mean, inspiration is cool, but do it for yourself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you come from a, a, a space of realness and not just, like, painting not painting a picture that isn't you, you know what I mean? Because I feel a lot of artists do that. Um, and uh, Don't rap over your vocals. If you're going to... Like, like turn them down. <laughs> uh, but that's a part of hip hop because, like, if if you're gonna get up there, if if you're gonna get up there and you're gonna be able to uh, rap over a beat, you're gonna be able to fuck up and freestyle over a beat. You know mm-hmm. I mean, it just goes hand in hand. You got if you're gonna run laps, you're gonna trip eventually. You know what I mean? Like, you got to talk about getting back up and keep it going. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that'd be my advice to anyone. But actually, my advice to anyone that's trying to get in the in the entertainment business is don't do it. <laughs> don't get in any business. Do that shit from the heart. That would be my uh, my advice. Yeah, no need advice. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, now we're getting to the part where, like, where, like, if people haven't been, you know haven't heard of you before, but they want to follow you, they want to like find your music. Like, where do you like post your stuff? Where's a good resource? Like, where can people find the updates for your shows? You know, promotions, that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean. 
uh, shit. I really, uh, <laughs> I'm not one of those rappers that's like, yo, man, I'm on Spotify, I'm on <laughs> iTunes, man, check me out, dog. Like, uh, holler at me if you want a CD. Like, <laughs> I'm old school, man. Like, I post my flyers on, like, my personal shit. You can look up Snail Cage or 420 Noise Collective um, on Facebook. There's snailcage.com that's under construction for, like, the last 420 years. <laughs> um yeah, man, tallcan.bandcamp.com, soundcloud.com slash tallcan420. I think we, we tend to include the links, oh, right? Oh, yeah, so yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. include those no, links, yeah. too. Those will be up on there. But, I mean, like, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I mean, just just holler at me. I'll shoot you a CD. <laughs> yeah. Mostly for free. I still, yeah. Yeah, I, I still need to get mine. I, 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 like, mine. Like, no, I have mine. I was like, I love, mine is now with this 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 person that uh that I used to date that I want to get the CD back from. But anyways, uh, I hate when it happens. Yeah, it's right. Not the first time that's happened. I think my projects might be cursed. Don't buy a project from me. Right. I guess the moral of the story is don't 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 leave uh, don't leave uh, don't leave good CDs in uh, in places where you may not get them back. Don't leave your music with anybody. I've lost more good hey. albums like that. Leaving a homie's car, so <laughs> shit never comes back. Yeah, I was just having a conversation about a very dear record that got stolen from me years ago. Uh, it hurts just to talk. About it, I almost <laughs> the pain is real. Yeah, yeah the pain is real. Yeah. I still got a Ghetto Boys CD that I lost like shit, like twelve years ago. Oh, from yeah, a friend that moved that away. Too. I still, still, oh, still yeah. salty about losing still that shit. I find find him on the internet. Where's my CD? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man. So, uh, you got any closing comments, man? Anything you want to let our listeners know? Just or just some closing words of wisdom? Oh man, come out to the show February twenty seventh. Uh, Hang out with Snail Cage. It's at Space, uh, 3519 El Cajon Boulevard. Um, yeah, man, I, just, I guess just stay stay true to who you were when you were a youngster and uh, stay true to your heart and uh, put up the good fight and, yeah, burn the system down. Yeah, <laughs> something, <laughs> something that we can all get behind. Destroying yeah. the system, no doubt. Well, Tolkien, right. thanks again for coming through, man. We're looking right forward on. to hearing more music for you. We're looking forward to seeing you perform at Chicano Park Day. Yeah, oh, yeah. Up. it's gonna be you know, crazy. And we hope to have you back on the show, show sometime real soon, man. Right on. Yeah, appreciate Bro, so you coming through. Thank you, man. Thank you. And we out. <laughs> well, that's our show. Thanks again for listening, y'all. Again, big shout out to Tolkien for coming through and kicking it with us. And thank you for tuning in and listening. We hope y'all enjoyed and that you share, tweet, repost, and all that good stuff. We're going to close out today's episode with a special sneak preview of some brand new music from Tallcan's upcoming project, Digital Dust Mites, with producer Terry Kay, which will be dropping real soon. It's a song called Four Seconds to Last, and you're listening to a world exclusive here on Step Off Radio. And we out. Peace. Vocabulary came staggering down the stairs, killed the toxic company, communalized vision impaired. The stupid way that they stare Meditation rackets, new wage bullshit beware Antennas blend into hair Candlelight to write my rhymes on top of memories we shared Horizontal schisms Traveling with the living but speaking to the dead So often I might lose my head Rearrange ways so my words may shed Black lights onto your life so you can see the realest hidden message packed into your pipe Kill a dozen rocks for breaking birds necks on sight Reincarnate the life, my rhymes they ain't so tight I just decided long time ago that I'd keep writing poems and rhymes Until the end of my life Mushroom cat slice, dead cat rice 
Tell me what is life? Tell me what is life? This episode of Step Off Radio is recorded at the Justice Center, San Diego, and our music was done by DJ Root. This has been a Step Off Magazine production.